Good morning to our loyal WFYL listeners around the world. Welcome back to your Philadelphia Friday, only on Fox News Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in once again, because you still have the right to hear and the right to be heard. We're here with you on 1180 AM and broadcasting real time at 1180WFYL.com. Coming to you straight from the birthplace of liberty here in the greater Philadelphia area. And we continue to fight day in and day out as your voice of freedom in the Delaware Valley. I'm attorney Mike Giermita from Giermita Offices, but everybody knows me as Mike G. And you're listening to Mike G. in the morning with The Law Matters. And you can listen to our program every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. So let's be heard. I want to remind our listeners that you can participate in the free and open exchange of thoughts and ideas throughout the entire week on the Mike G in the Morning social media platforms. Our Facebook profile is facebook.com slash Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our page. Our YouTube channel is Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our videos and subscribe. Our Twitter handle is at Radio Mike G. And we've also got a web page on the Instant Grams website. And our screen name is Mike G in the Morning. So check it out, show us some love, throw in some hate mail, why don't you? We always love those haters, don't we, Philly Chris? Yeah, that's, a, that's what keeps us getting up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I want to remind our listeners of the powerhouse lineup here at Fox News Radio WFYL. We've got Ben Shapiro bringing you the Ben Shapiro Show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Scott Adams with the Scott Adams Show weekdays from 9 a.m. until noon. Second Amendment advocate Dana Lash coming at you weekdays from noon right until Ben Shapiro. And finally, we've got Hall of Famer Michael Savage bringing you the Savage Nation weekdays at 6 p.m. So don't forget to tune in and show him some love. And with that, you know what time it is. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. You know, we've got a very special guest who's going to be joining us for a discussion this morning. Pastor David Whitney. Going to talk a little bit about the American Revolution, how we reconcile that with the Word of God as Christians. Before that, I want to remind our listeners that today's episode of Mike G in the Morning is brought to you by Divine Wood Furniture and Bedding. Divine Wood has been serving happy customers on the East Coast and the greater New York City area for over 30 years. Why shop with Divine Wood? Well, I'll tell you why. They're family-owned and operated right out of Staten Island, New York. They've got great products, phenomenal pricing, and easy-to-use financing options for everybody. So visit DivineWood.net for all of your furniture and bedding needs. That's DivineWood.net because it's important to support those who support freedom. And be sure and tell them Mike G sent you. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WF.
YL. We've got a very special guest with us this morning. Pastor David Whitney, he is the host of We the People, The Constitution Matters, right here on Fox News Radio WFYL. I've had the absolute pleasure of spending Friday mornings with him for the last couple of years. Pastor Whitney's got a tremendous resume. He's the pastor at Cornerstone Evangelical Free Church in Pasadena, Maryland. Website for that is cefcmd.org. And he's also constitutional teacher at Institution Institute on the Constitution. You can find that at theamericanview.com. Got some interesting things to discuss today. Pastor Whitney, are you with us? Yes, thank you, Mike, and thank you. Your your participation is so uh, uh, prescient for our We the People show because you bring us the perspective that myself as a pastor and Phil as an instructor don't have, and that's what happens in the legal system and what happens in the courts, and it's uh, always a fascinating uh, segment of our show. So thank you so much for the contribution you make each week to We the People, the Constitution Matters. Well, it is a tremendous honor. It is a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of times on that program, my role is the bearer of bad news, right? (laughs) Yeah. Here's what the Supreme Court says about the Constitution, and it's usually off. It's (laughs) it's mind-blowing. And unfortunately, what that's also saying is, practically speaking, here is how this is working this day and age, because the court systems are dictating uh, the way things carry out and practice. It's unfortunate. But I want to really hone in on your expertise here today. Been hearing a lot of discussions about scripture as it ties into obedience to the government. And I saw a video on YouTube fairly recently, and this coming from a gentleman who I know to be conservative. He is not some leftist or anything like that. Uh, He's usually pretty no-nonsense when it comes to the word as well. Uh, But I thought he took a take that had me scratching my head on Romans 13, 1 and 2. And people have been asking a lot of questions in the context of masks and these orders, or as we like to call them, suggestions on these programs, (laughs) uh, you know, based on their legal validity. But it got me thinking to something far, far more important. And Romans 13, 1 and 2 and how that could potentially be reconciled with the American Revolution. Uh, for, for our listeners who are with us this morning, I'm just going to go ahead and read Romans 13, 1 and 2, as it's written in the English Standard Version, so we can start off with the basic context. Uh, 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. So, Pastor, I'm sure a lot of people have a hard time reconciling that with not only things that we we see today going on that we feel could be unconstitutional or injustices, but even bigger picture, America as a whole. Think about the revolution. Yes. Uh, what do you have to? Um, how could you explain this to us? And, and you're you're absolutely right. The the founders wrestled with this. You could say the Tories, those who said that you know you cannot uh, oppose the King of England, you cannot establish a new government, you cannot do what you're attempting to do in this war for independence. The Tories had a very different interpretation of Romans 13 than our founders did. And so clearly, our founders wrestled with this whole idea. In fact. Uh, they they 
preached it from the pulpits as to what Romans 13 actually meant. And it was a debate that is that was, you know, went back even a hundred years before. You may recall that there was a, a thing in England called the Glorious Revolution, where they basically chose not to have the upcoming king who, uh, because of his birth, would have been the next king of England. And they said, no, he's not going to be the king. We're going to choose our own king. And this bloodless, glorious revolution required that the king would sign the Englishman's Bill of Rights, agreeing that uh, every Englishman had these rights and these rights would be protected. That's the job of the king to protect these rights. In fact, you could say that's what our uh, our founders were, were uh, objecting to, that the king had failed to fulfill that promise made to fulfill and keep the Englishman's Bill of Rights. But let's look at at the actual text, because consider the very first words you read. Let every person, or the King James reads, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. And let's pause right there. How many? No, all of them, everybody, right? (laughs) Everybody's included here. So let's think about that. Does that, that includes me and you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, does that include the governor of Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf? <laughs> I suppose he would be I, included in all. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think so. And does that include the Supreme Court of the United States, all yeah. nine of them? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose and, it would. Uh, the president of the United States. It includes everybody. So if you understand those first three words, let every soul, uh, you're, you're recognizing right away that those who are in positions of a political uh, authority, those who claim that they are, uh, you know, uh, uh, that the, their authority is the basis for various commands, like wear a mask or, or you know, don't open your church or et cetera, et cetera, all those things. Those commands are being given by people who are subject to this command. Let every soul or every person. And then it goes on to say, be subject to the governing authorities. Now, we need to pause right there because it is apparent, therefore, that the governing authorities are somebody different or something different than the president, the Supreme Court, the governor of the state, or any any elected or any appointed official you want to even mention. Mm. Because if those, if you, we were say, okay, this applies to everybody but the president, you know, the president somehow is not under let every soul be subject. And so he's above this, which could make him the governing authority. But no, let every soul means the president is subject to the governing authority as well as the governor, as well as the Supreme. Everybody's subject to the governing authority. So let's let's pause for a moment. That governing authorities, we need to understand that uh, there's a, a different translation. Uh, governing powers, some translations have, but the, the Greek word underlying this, exousia, indicates both power and authority. And Obviously, somebody can have power without authority. A guy comes into the bank with a, you know, a, a sawed-off shotgun and says, "Give me all the money." Well, yeah, you might say he has power, but he has no authority. So, when we're talking about authority, we're talking about moral right and wrong. And in other words, there is a governing standard of right and wrong that applies to everybody, whether they're president, whether the Supreme Court, or whether they're governor. Everybody is under this set of uh, moral authority. And that is the governing authority that is above them. So in other words, any action you have on the part of a, of a civil magistrate, whether it's president or governor or just down to your county sheriff or your legislative body, any uh, governing uh, person, person in, in civil government in a position of power is under this governing authority that's identified here in Romans 13. So the big question is, well, wait a minute, 
Where does that come from? Well, the answer really is given uh, in the rest of this verse, for there is no authority except from God. So in other words, the power or the authority that the person has in the position, whether president or governor or legislator, that position is subject. They are subject to God, who's the one who has determined what governs them, what is the governing power, the governing authority over them. So let's talk about a practical example. You know, one of the governing authorities of God is the Ten Commandments, you know. So the Ten Commandments, oh, let's pick the Eighth Commandment, for example. Thou shalt not steal. Pretty clear, pretty cut and dry. Thou shalt not steal. So there is private property, and the ownership of private property is clearly recognized in the Word of God. And one of the jobs of civil government is to protect and defend the God-given right to own property, and to prevent uh, or to punish those who would steal property that does, uh, you know, unjustly take property from another person to whom it belongs. So the governing authority over the the civil magistrate, whether he's president or governor or sheriff or, or legislator or a judge, the governing authority over them is thou shalt not steal. So this applies to them personally in office. They're not to go around stealing, but it also applies more importantly to their function as the governor, as the sheriff, as the president, or as a judge, or as a legislator, that they are not to enact laws or enforce laws that engage in stealing, taking property from other people that does not, uh, that the civil government has no right to take from them. So you have to back up, ask a bigger question then is, wait a minute, okay, if everybody has property rights, when can the government come and take your property? And people think, well, yeah, I guess if you stop paying your property tax, we know what happens pretty quickly after that, right? You know, I got a sheriff's sale and your property is going to be taken from you because you didn't pay the property tax. We want to ask a question. Who invented the property tax? And is that under the governing authority of God's law? And the answer, uh, we don't have time to detail here, but I'll just give the, the skinny on that. Go to Leviticus 25, read Leviticus 25 very carefully. Property belongs to family government. It is given by God. In fact, there's in legal terms, although it's not much used these days, and I think there's only five state constitutions that recognize it. A lodial title is that property, and the word lodial means but from God, that you receive the property from God, therefore you own it free and clear. You're not in debt to any bank. You're not obligated to pay any taxes whatsoever because you own that property free and clear. That's the Leviticus 25 concept of property ownership that is the opposite of the real estate tax system, whereby you say, yeah, you may not really own that property. You're just kind of renting it because if you don't pay your rent, we call the rent property, you don't pay that rent. The landlord who claims to own the property is going to come and take it from you. Well, we began this country with a low deal title. And we have now shifted, and I don't know exactly the uh, when that happened. It probably happened different times in each state, but we shifted to property taxation, where basically the government claims in Kilo v. New London is one of the Supreme Court cases that illustrates that the government's attitude is, hey, we own all the property, and we give you the privilege to use it as long as you pay us rent. And if you don't pay rent, we're going to come and take the property because we are the true owners. That kind of law and that kind of system of law is a violation of the governing authorities of God's law. So what Romans 13 is saying is that human civil government cannot pass any legitimate legislation unless it complies with God's law. And many people today say, that's radical. Who would ever believe such a thing like that? Well, 
the founders of this country clearly believe that. They all read William Blackstone. William Blackstone said there's three types of law. There's laws, laws of nature, which are God's law written in your heart, essentially. Your conscience knows right and wrong. The laws of nature, then he talked about the second category. Our, our founders paraphrase the second category as the laws of nature's God, but Blackstone called it revealed law. And he said it's only in the scripture. So you've got human conscience and human and, and, and divine scripture that give you the law of God. And then Blackstone said there's a third form of law, municipal legislation, what people put on paper. And Blackstone said municipal law is only valid if it comports, that is, it complies with the first two, the laws of nature and the laws of revealed law in, in God's word. And our founders all believe that. They believe that God's law was the fixed standard and any piece of legislation they passed had to be in full compliance with the laws of nature, nature's God. In other words, the laws of the universe and the creator of the universe. If it was out of sorts with the creator of the universe, it couldn't be law any more than well, two plus three could be seven. Can't be seven. It's the laws of the universe. Two plus two equals five and so on. So our founders held this view. And they understood Romans 13 clearly say, saying that there's governing authorities above King George III. Now, King George III may have thought he was the top authority, you know, and he may have held to the law, the idea of, of, of many of the kings of England that law was whatever came out of the mouth of the king, called the divine right of kings. God made me king, and therefore I'm the law, and whatever I say law is, that's law. We know the kind of old uh, old sheriff uh, shows of a uh, bad, maybe southern sheriff or whatever, who's the law, and he makes the law every, every day he wants the law any way he wants it. He makes it, and that we know is not just. And so th you can't have a just society if you don't have a fixed standard of right and wrong, a fixed standard of law. And our founders agreeing with Romans 13 and submitting to Romans 13 said, yeah, Every human law must be measured against this governing authority, God's law, to determine if it's valid, which, by the way, is how in the Declaration of Independence they could say, here's the 27 things that the king has done in violation of the laws of nature and nature's God. In other words, in violation of the governing authorities of the universe, the king has violated this, and therefore they concluded at the end of that list of 27 things, the king is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Because he won't obey the laws of nature and nature's God, and therefore he has built an unjust government uh, that violates our God-given rights rather than protects and defends our God-given rights. So it's very important to realize there is no authority except from God, Romans 1, 13, 1 says. That is, when human civil government says, for example, we're going we're gonna to force you to pay property tax, they have no authority to do that. Because if they really had the authority to force you to pay property tax, that authority would have to come from God, from God's word, from God's law. And Leviticus 25 clearly shows they have no such authority to tax your physical property. Now, there's a whole lot of other taxes they're involved in as well that are against God's law, but we will just use that as an illustration. We got to be careful here, Pastor Whitney. We're going <laughs> to get in trouble. Hey, yeah, take it off the air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Somebody to say, well, Pastor Whitney and Mike G said, I don't have to pay my taxes. <laughs> you try it. See how, how long you're living in, in that house, right? You know? Right. Yeah. That is something how uh, somebody asked uh, my friend once, do you parent? own that house and he said well they pay taxes on the land and that's really the most that you could say yeah. about it nobody really owns anything which uh, is a just system yeah right but well keeping that starting with that uh, basic principle 
with as many laws as we've got on the books today, and we've spoken about this before, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of laws on the books, so many so that you've got uh, a system where most people commit crimes every single day unknowingly. Yeah, and what was the, the fellow that, that wrote that book? Though? Yeah, it's the, the, the three, right crimes, three crimes a day. Yeah. Three crimes oh, a day is one of them. Day, I think. And there's another one called "You Have the Right to Remain Innocent," which talks about that as well. How how you, you're in your it is well in your best interest to invoke your Fifth Amendment rights because you might unwittingly admit to committing a crime in some for, form or fashion. With this many laws on the books, uh, what percentage of laws could possibly also comply with the laws of nature and nature's God? Because it seems to me that a whole lot of them we take a look at would not comply. Is that fair? Oh, yes. More than the majority, I think. Probably well well up into 70 plus percent of, of the laws would be violations of the governing authority of, of God's law. And, you know, I, I don't expect that we're going to have a, a, a turn on a dime kind of thing where America suddenly turns and, and, and goes the right way. Because the problem is the American people have accepted this. And the American people, especially those who are Christians, have the false interpretation of Romans 13 in their thinking, and they're hearing it from their pulpits, and they're hearing it on the radio, and they got this false interpretation of Romans 13 that causes them to believe, oh, well, the way it is ought to, ought to be the way it is, because after all, it says here that there's no authority except from God, and these people are in authority, therefore they must be from God, and say, how did that work out in Germany? Well, I mean, just because, and by the way, Hitler was elected, you know? He was mm -hmm. elected by the people. So you say if, if election means the person is appointed by God and therefore they can do whatever, let's go throw these people in the gas gas ovens. And that's fine because he's an elected authority. Is that that work out? No, obviously it's not. So people have. So we've got a huge task to do to educate uh, Christians, first of all, uh, about what the Bible actually says, not what their false teachers are saying it says. But then the, the greater populace would be, I think, amazed to find out that really, if you're following God's law given to us in his word, the laws of nature and nature's God, you have tremendous freedom, which is why America was the beacon of the world for liberty and freedom, because people recognize, hey, I could go to America and I could get homesteading and I could get property that I could actually own. Mm. You could never do that in Europe. Oh, no. The feudal system, although it was gone in name, not in reality, you know, if you were born at a certain level, you were going to stay at that certain level in society and you couldn't move up. Come to America. You could actually own a farm, your own land. And that was such an attraction for millions upon millions who came to our shores because they realized liberty is available there. And because the reason why liberty was available, because our founder said the laws of nature and nature's God are the standard by which we must measure Everything we're doing as, as a government, both the legislative, executive, as well as the judiciary. It's fascinating. That really makes for a, a, a different level of freedom in society. Now, you got me really thinking about this uh, because there are so many laws on the books in the United States that don't comply with the laws of nature and of nature's God. It would therefore be entirely conceivable that you have uh, Christians who follow the word of God and yet still end up in jail for committing these crimes. Do you think there are a significant amount of Christians who are in jail for refusing to comply with these laws that are on the books that don't comply with the laws of nature and nature's God? 
I don't know how to measure that that number, but I know an example, uh, Ken Hovine, uh, who ran Dinosaur Land, a Christian ministry that taught about uh, creation and, and debunked the, the lies of evolution. Kent Hovine spent nine years in prison for the crime of structuring. What, you ask, well, what's structuring? That must have been a terrible crime. Nine years in prison for structuring? Structuring is he took the money out of his own bank account in a way the IRS said, well, that's too much money. Wait a minute, it was his own money? All yeah, right. he wasn't stealing anybody's money. It wasn't the IRS's money. There was nothing illegal about the money, but the IRS said, no, you took too much money out in this way and you were structuring and therefore they put him in prison for nine years. Oh but my Goodness, yeah. that's incredible. Wow. So it's not, your, it's not your it's not your property, now, it's not your money either, right? Yes, I, I guess exactly. we don't have we don't even own our own money. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you take <laughs> if you take too much money out per day or in a in a number of days in a row, they call that structuring and they'll flag you and they'll come after you. It's, it's your money, but you can't have it. That's incredible. At nine years, what was that? Paul Manafort's judge who did that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just one of the one of the terrible examples that comes to mind of, of Christians who are seeking to follow God's law. And by the way, he was paying his I think they went after him because he was paying his employees in cash and things like that, mm. which is perfectly legitimate. Hey, that, that bill on it says, you know, legal tender for all debts, public and private. So you should be able to use cash to pay pay for something, right? I mean, yeah. I've run into a couple stores now where they say, "Sorry, that your cash is covered with COVID. We can't touch that. You you can't pay in cash." It's like, wait a minute, it says all debts legal. What? You mean no cash is no longer legal? But it says right, right here on the piece of paper. It's like ah, we're going down a, a, a rabbit hole here of of. Um, tyranny but uh i think this this really goes to the same point that we've been discussing though because we've talked about on this program in weeks previous that uh then telling us that they don't have any change or things of that nature really it's a push towards a cashless society and it would seem that the next logical step in line after the cashless society would be oh well you know we've got this chip that we're going to be able to implant into you and the great news is that we're going to be able to determine people's identities just fine so it's going to combat terrorism right and nobody's going to yeah. be able to hack into it and that sounds an awful lot like a mark that you yes. can't buy and sell without. Does that sound familiar, Pastor? Whitney? Yes. <laughs> Revelation 13 prophesies that exact thing, because uh, if you won't worship the beast, if you won't be involved in their pagan, idolatrous system of worshiping, actually, you look at the details of Revelation, it's state worship. It's worship of the government. And boy, there's a lot of people that worship the government. Wow. It's quite apparent already. So that statism, that idolatry of statism, if you won't participate in their statist worship, well, Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna take all your money from you. You won't be able to buy or sell. We'll just click, and your your chip is turned off, and all your assets in the bank are frozen, and you can't do anything. You're you're done. I've never heard it put quite that way. Revelation being uh, associated with statism, because it seems that that today more than ever. That seems like it's right around the corner with these people on the left. Uh, you know, years ago, it seemed like we we're all on the same page that communism is bad. We got to flush it out of society. Socialism, no go. And now you've got people who are openly socialists, openly want to depend upon the government for everything. It, it, th- there's more and more things that the government has no business in that they're getting involved in. And people are welcoming, welcoming it with open arms on the left. Uh, does it seem like it's we're living in a different world today than we were even 40, 50 years ago? Oh, yes. 
we have uh, been producing little socialists in that system called the government-run schools. I think they're more accurately labeled the government indoctrination centers because every year they're producing multiple millions of graduates who are socialists. That's mm-hmm. what they're teaching them, and that's what they're inculcating in most of most of their classrooms. But let me answer an objection that is probably going to be issued to what I have taught thus far here from Romans 13. Sure. Because Romans 13 verse 1 goes on to say, for there is no authority except from God. In other words, human beings in civil government have no authority except from the laws of nature and nature's God. So they have to be under God's authority to have any true authority. If they step out from under God's authority like Adolf Hitler— No, he doesn't have any authority, and I believe the Christians who opposed him, including Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who paid with his life, he was involved in a a scheme to attempt to assassinate Hitler, and it failed, and he went to the gulag and uh, ultimately was executed. But uh, when a human civil government steps out from under God's authority, they are not any longer an authority that has to be obeyed. So there is no authority except from God. So Adolf Hitler, not an authority from God. And then it goes on to say, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. No, Adolf Hitler was not an authority that existed. And here's where people make the mistake. They think just because the king is on the throne, well, he must be the authority that exists. Our founder said, no, no, no. King George III has unkinged himself. He has removed himself from that position of authority because he has stepped out from under the laws of nature's and nature's God and tried to establish himself as an authority above the laws of nature and nature's God, which should remind us of a character in scripture who did that at one point in time said, you know what? I think I could do a better job than God. Mm -hmm. I think I'm smarter than God. In fact, I think I could throw God off his throne and I could put myself on the throne of God. That was Lucifer, right? Right. Well, any, any human civil government that steps out from under the authority of the laws of nature and nature's God and puts itself where above God. So when the Supreme court says they can redefine marriage, What? Where did they get that authority? Not in the U.S. Constitution. And how about the word of God? The word of God says that they are sons of Satan and they are not governing authorities at all. And they have no authority to redefine marriage. The creator has defined marriage and they have they have unhinged themselves and demonstrated that they are no longer an authority because they are out from under the authority of the laws of nature and nature's God. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. I just had a question about this because we're talking about how there may be Christians in prison. You gave that great example. Um, I'm thinking about this, and it seems that the Bible was filled with followers of God who were thrown into jail. Isn't that true? Yes. So this would be nothing new, right? Yes. Paul, Peter, yeah, many and many John of the, the Baptist, right? Yes, John the Baptist had his head cut off. So, <laughs> and, and this is one of the other strange things that Christians today believe that oh, you really shouldn't talk about political things. You know, no, don't mm. talk about political things from the pulpit. And I ask, well, you mean like abortion? Yeah, right, don't talk right. about it. if you're going to cut out, cut up your Bible with a pair of scissors and cut out all these passages and not preach on them. Is that obedient to God? No, that's the opposite. Jesus calls us to be prophetic voices two powers in our society and preach to them that they're in violation and they better repent. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with the law matters only on Fox news radio. W F Y L pastor Whitney. I do have this other question. Are you talking about how if people step out from under God's authority, people in the government, uh, then 
they no longer have that authority that that's no longer applicable under those circumstances. Do you think there are individuals who use this as sort of an excuse to an extent and say, oh, well, I don't have to follow that law because that guy stepped out from under his authority, so I don't have to follow the law that <laughs> that he put into place. Is there anybody that, that you think may abuse this sort of thing oh, yes. and, and take it too far? Yes, but I think we have good examples of uh, Christians or believers, I should say, uh, believers in the one true God who are under pagan authorities, under pagan rulers. So Daniel was, uh, you know, a minister to King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan for a good part of his, his reign until he came to true faith in the one true God. And then King Darius, after, after uh, the conquest of the kingdom took place, and Darius passed a law that could not be changed because the laws of the Medes and Persians, once it was written, could never be altered. And the law said that anybody that chose to pray to any other god but the king during a 30-day period of time would be thrown into the lion's den. And what did Daniel do? He did his usual routine, opened his windows so everybody could see him bowing his knees and praying to the true God of heaven facing towards Jerusalem. And so all those who knew that he would do this immediately reported him to the king. Now, why did Daniel do that? Because he was just a rebel? No, because he understood that Darius, King Darius's law was not law. It Hmm. did not obligate his obedience at all. He was going to pray to the one true God because that was the law of the universe. Be like saying, yeah, Darius had a little little attack of insanity and he believed that two plus three equals seven. Uh, maybe maybe he'll get his head straight when he tries to balance his checkbook and find that it's a mess. Because uh. two plus three doesn't equal seven. It never equals seven. It never can because it's not the law of the universe. So Daniel complied with whatever the king ordered. So much that the as long as the king's commands were in compliance with the laws of nature and nature's God, it was fine to obey uh, an authority in, in the land when his commands comply with the laws of nature and nature's God. But soon as his commands step out of compliance with the laws of nature and nature's God, we are not obligated to obey it. By the way, if people are interested in the whole question about masks, if they go to our church website, cefcmd.org, and click on sermons. There's a long list of sermons there. If you click on the current series of sermons, the one I did last Sunday, I talked about the whole issue of masks and what it means when our creator made us. He did not put a mask on our face, and that's by his design. And therefore, uh, we don't have to wear masks because it's not in compliance with the laws of nature and nature's God. So there's uh, did you get kicked of off? It? Did your sermon get kicked <laughs> off of YouTube and also some media platforms? <laughs> no, not not yet. But I understand they, they just took down they just took down uh, Del Bigtree, uh, his um, High Wire show that's been on for years. Uh, I think it was YouTube that just kicked him off and uh, said, "Oh, and probably because he's talking about vaccines." And that was the one time, one sermon I was preaching in the middle of the sermon, YouTube cut the live stream. And because oh. I was talking about vaccines. You've got to make like a code word or something. Right? <laughs> That's You're right. right. That kid, from that point <laughs> on, whenever I refer to vaccines uh, in a sermon, I hold up a sign with the word on it. Vaccines. There you so, go. There you go. Or you can just tell everybody. You can just tell everybody in the congregation, okay, when I say zucchini, I really mean vaccines, right? <laughs> yeah. I do have so a question, we, Pastor Whitney. This, we this only have to obey those laws when the laws are in compliance with the laws of nature nature's God. If the uh, supposed authority is commanding us to do something outside the laws of nature and nature's God, like Daniel, don't pray. Daniel said, I know what the law is. I'm going to obey the laws of nature and nature's God. 
And it would seem that that would be the same thing when it comes down to if they want to implant a chip in everybody and, yep. and require something like this, because by the logic of these other folks that you just simply have to constantly comply with everything the government says in order to be in compliance with God's word, that would make no sense whatsoever, yes. uh, yep. because we, we've we've heard of these government demands over all of history that have included things that are totally against God's word. So I guess what it comes down to is if you got the people who abuse it and say that they're not going to follow this X, Y, and Z law because of this, and they're not really sincere about it, that one day they'll have to face God and God's going to say, well, look me in the eye, son, and tell me that's what you really thought. (laughs) 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 And they won't be able to do it. But on the same token, if it comes down to defending our fundamental freedoms and it comes down to there's a, a, a government order or some kind of demand that doesn't comply with God's word, then that is not what that verse is talking about. Exactly. And that's why verse 2 is so important, because most people interpret verse 2, therefore whoever resists the authority, and they think that authority is whoever is the president, governor, sheriff, legislative, judges, whatever, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. But wait a minute. What do we see in verse 1? The authority is... The governing authority, which is God's law, the laws of nature and nature's God. So whoever resists the laws of nature and nature's God, which, by the way, Darius, King Darius, was resisting the laws of nature and nature's God when he commanded all the people in his kingdom not to pray to the one true God. He was violating a a fundamental law of the universe when he did that. He was resisting the authority of God's law, God's word, the laws of nature and nature's God. And as doing that, verse 2 says he resists the ordinance of God. So if you take the wrong interpretation, then you could say, well, Adolf Hitler, when he commanded the people to throw these people in the oven and, and you know, gas them in the, in the gas chambers and then throw them in the ovens, mm. that was the authority. But that w- verse wouldn't work because whoever resists Adolf Hitler resists the ordinance of God. What? Mm. You know, so otherwise you'd be saying when the government commands you to murder, then if you murder your Obeying God? No, it makes no sense if you take it, what many people, the traditional interpretation of verse 2, completely false. Instead, the authority needs to be understood as God's law, the laws of nature and nature's God. And when anyone, including the king, including the president, including the Supreme Court, anyone resists God's law, the true authority, they are resisting the ordinance of God. And then it goes on to say, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. That is fascinating. I'm glad we got that cleared up, if not just a little bit. Philly, Chris, you got anything to throw in? You know, one thing I was thinking about while we were talking about this is the, you know, the the legal aspects of the law versus morality. And when you run into those situations, you know, the mask example was a good one where, you know, what if they make that a law and then all of a sudden you go against it? You know, what is, what is the best way, uh, Pastor Whitney, you think, to navigate those challenges where you're you're faced with, you know, an immoral law, you know, and you're facing the consequences of legal action, let's say, but you know, you know, the morality of it is, is right. Not that, that's a, that's a great point because we could have this <laughs> philosophical discussion all we want. Right. But when we ask people to put their money where their mouth is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's great. Pastor Whitney and Mike G. So what do I do with this now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me talk about a, a live illustration of that. We have our Bible study uh, in a restaurant, I'm going to name it because it needs to be named Bob Evans, you know, restaurant all over the East, I guess, even out West. But anyway, they've told us you got to wear a mask when you come in 
but you can take the mask off when you sit down at the table. It's like, wait, right. the, vir- the virus knows that I'm seated and so it's not going to attack me. But as soon as I stand up, all bets are off. And the, you know, it's crazy, you know, because you can't eat without a, with a mask on. It. But right. uh, so the, the uh, mask Nazi at the door told us you can't <laughs> come in. Right. Unless you wear a mask. And uh, so one week we complied, but then we went over her head. We went to their corporate office in Ohio and spoke with them and saying, look, these masks are not for our health. They damage our health because you're right. breathing your own exhaust. Right. And this is not good. And furthermore, the governor of Maryland is in violation of the state constitution of Maryland. He has no authority to issue such a thing. It's not even a law because the legislature didn't pass it. And right. So just explain that all to them. And the corporate headquarters said, you're right. We will instruct our, our people to change their policy. So it's interesting. This week we went right back at the same restaurant, for, you know, for a time of Bible study. And, uh, you know, the mass Nazi at the door said, you, ha- you can't come in without your mask on. And we said, and because my friend had called, he used the name of this corporate officer and said, we have talked with so-and-so at the corporate headquarters in Ohio. And this is what they said. And immediately she backed down and said, well, I could get in a lot of trouble. And uh, there's a, you know, $5,000 fine and the restaurant could be shut down. But she let us in without a mask because we had gone to probably her boss's boss who gave that order. (laughs) (laughs) She knew that in the corporate structure, she had been just undone and, and she could not be the mask Nazi to us that she wanted to be. So we need to work with people wherever we can. I mean, there's going to be situations I understand. And I did this at Walmart because Walmart has said that, you know, if you walk into Walmart and they have the person in the black T-shirt there, you know, right. mask Nazi, essentially. So I walked in this week and I said, sir, you have to put your mask on. If you don't have a mask, I'll give you one. I said two words to her. Medical exemption. She's right. fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, and if, nobody... If- yeah, if they've none got a the, policy like the that, then why not take advantage of it? Exactly. If, 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 if you if you made a decision that you that that's what's uh, best for your health, then right. then make that decision. This is we're dealing with private businesses; they can make exactly. their their own policies, as we discussed. And if and if the, they have that on the books, then they, listen, they've just gotten somebody's business as opposed to somebody who's going to try to kick yeah, exactly. somebody out, right? And, and and the thing is, they're trying to play both sides of the street because you all know what happened down in the in the nineteen sixties with the. The, the sit-ins at the lunch counters and, you know, people said, wait a minute, this is private property. We could d- discriminate against who we want at our lunch counter and who we don't want at our lunch counter. And mm. that was all decided, right? The court said, wait a minute, if you're a public accommodation, you cannot discriminate. Right. That's what these businesses are doing. They're playing both sides of the street to say it's private property. We could discriminate. If you don't wear a mask, you can't come in. But wait yeah. a minute, the law says public accommodation. And so that could be brought up with the corporate heads. Hey, you guys are under the public accommodation laws here. If you want to have a private club and you only let people in that are mask wearers because they're a member of your private club, you could do that. But as soon as you're a public accommodation, at least the judges have said you don't get the opportunity to do that any longer. And that that's interesting. It's a good example of how if you just pick and choose based on the result rather than uh, having a consistent reasoning right a consistent foundation that's what you end up with because i think we could all agree that uh you know as christians it would be horrible to be discriminating against somebody based on the color of their skin Uh, but if you reach that result based on faulty logic just because you know that's the result that you want 
then ultimately it ends up backfiring down the road when it's a result that maybe you don't want. So we got to pay more attention to not creating that sort of a a slippery slope in the name of reaching a particular result. It's got to match all the way. With that being said, Pastor Whitney, I do have one more thing I want you to mention Mm -hmm. on my program so everybody can hear you talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think it's something that blows people's minds. I've told some people in private. Charles Darwin. I heard you mention something a little bit about evolution uh, earlier when we were talking. Charles Darwin. He did he have a a, a second book or a book that came after yes. his most popular yes. book? Yes, <laughs> it was the Descent of Man, a book that almost no one reads, but it, it's yeah a very large volume, the Descent of Man. And in it, he reveals something that was there was a clue in, it in his first book. You look at the full title of his first book. Most people only think of Origin of the Species. It goes on to say the subtitle talks about most favored races, you know, Hmm. the battle between the races and the most favored, that kind of uh, language. And his second book, he spells out what he means by most favored races. He says, in the course of evolution, some human beings have evolved ahead of other human beings. So there's lesser evolved humans and there's higher evolved humans. And then there's some humans in between that are, you know, halfway evolved or whatever. So he clearly states that the lowest level of human evolution, the people that are at the bottom of the evolutionary ladder or whatever in terms of humanity are the black race. And he says it. He's bold about it. He, Unbelievable. Wow. And wow. then he goes yeah. on to say, because the law of evolution is what? The stronger, the more advanced, kill the weaker. And he like goes on to say, exactly, survival of the, he goes on to say that the Caucasian race, which he claimed was the superior, the most advanced, the most evolved, would one day exterminate the black race. He says mm. that wow. in Descent of Man. And who picked up on this? Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Ah. And she spoke of blacks as weeds, human weeds that needed wow. to be pulled out of the garden of mankind. Mm. And that's why she found, founded Planned Parenthood, to kill black babies. And that's what Planned Parenthood, these Black Lives Matter people are fully supportive of murdering black babies. What hypocrites. Right, black right, lives right. don't matter to them. They love the murder of black babies. They're fully supportive of Planned Parenthood's agenda, and they have no qualms at all about murdering black babies. In fact, since Planned Parenthood has been murdering black babies in the United States, you know what has happened to the population of the blacks? It's been cut in half. Wow. Statistically, had all those babies not been murdered, they'd been alive today, the black population today would be twice what it is currently. It's wow. black genocide. I don't know how you just how people justify it. It's almost as if they got their their fingers in their ears and their hands over their eyes when it comes (laughs) to these leftists. But, uh, you know, it's it's a great point that you bring this up. I'm glad that uh, more people can hear about this because I'm sure people are either surprised or don't believe you when you're talking about this. And when they look it up for themselves and they realize this about Darwin's books. Um, you know, in a day and age where they want to take down the statues of George Washington because he owned slaves and we could get into a conversation about what he did upon death and everything like that. Um, but they're going for anybody who had any possible correlation. The statue's got to come down. So uh, wouldn't it be fair to say that everything we, uh, everything that the public education systems teach about Darwin ought to come down in light of this because (laughs) it's the most egregious of them all, isn't it? It is. And I testified before our county council here in our county saying, you know, you guys need to stop teaching evolution because Darwin was a racist. And I heard boos and hisses and, 
And of course, the county council did nothing with with the truth that I shared with them about Charles Darwin. They just paid no attention to it. They go on teaching Darwinism to the kids anyway. Oh, right? wow. They're well, teaching we, racism. We need to get the, the word out there about that because uh, you can't have it both ways, as you said, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. I, I have another question, uh, Pastor Whitney, if it's okay. I, uh, sure. I, I don't know if you saw, I guess it was about four days ago, the, and this is something we've been following a little bit and talking about on the show. Uh, Mike and I have been following it, but the Pentagon announced that they have uh, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Have you have you seen that? No, I have not seen that. But that <laughs> and that's uh, bizarre. Yeah, what, are what, do you, what do you make? Are they inhaling? That? Are they inhaling what they're smoking over there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Clinton taught them how not to, right? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Okay, right. Slick Willie, Slick Willie. Yeah, he get away with anything. <laughs> well, Pastor Whitney, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, Once again, pleasure. his website is cefcmd.org and Institute on the Constitution, theamericanview.com. Anything else you want to let our listeners know, Pastor Whitney? Just one last quote from uh, from uh, Romans 13 that's so important. Three times, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, three times the civil magistrate is called the minister of God. He is God's minister to you. And we that, that Greek word is diakonos, the same as deacon. He's God's deacon for you. You think of a deacon in the church. There's a highly respected spiritual person who's following God's law. You would never call a deacon who says, we need to start murdering babies. You'd never call such a person a minister of God, would you? You'd call them a minister of Satan. Satan. <laughs> so, Sounds like it to me. Yeah, yeah it's very clear here. It's a definition. It's, Romans 13 is talking about godly government where civil magistrates are obedient to God's law. They're commanding the people to be obedient to God's law. They're not commanding people to murder their babies and sacrifice them to uh, the idol of abortion at all. So... He's a minister of God to you for good, very clearly in verse 4. Oh, amen. Thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Whitney. You have a great weekend, and God bless. God bless you guys, too. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Great conversation. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G. in the morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your favorite part of the program, Rapid Fire with Philly Chris and random interjections from Russ. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good, good, Mike. How you doing? Hey, Russ. All right. What do you got for us, Philly Chris? All right. Well, uh, you know, we recently on the program talked about uh, gold and silver a little bit and, you know, with things going on in the economy. So I've been keeping an eye on that. And uh, since we talked about it, it uh, looks like silver closed out today at about uh, 2347. So it's up actually about 20, 25 percent ish. Wow. Uh, since we talked about it. Yes. Wow. <laughs> for, for us knuckleheads who didn't jump on the train when you told us to, do you think it's going to go any higher? <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it will. I guess it will really depend on, you know, what's going on with the market here in the coming days and weeks. Uh, yesterday, the market went down uh, quite a bit. You know, we'll see how it turns yeah. out today. Took a real beating yesterday, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot going on. You know, some of the earnings reports are coming out from the companies um, that are being impacted by the the shutdowns and things of that nature. So um, Boeing you know, I, I is way say. down right now, right? Boeing, airplanes. Yeah, you were telling me about what was the uh, price that you saw, Mike. Uh, is it something. 160s, 160s, which is uh, far, far off from the 52-week high, probably down at about 50%. It's only getting lower. It's hovering around 
uh, 180 or so for a while. And I guess their, their earnings recently came out and they were absolutely abysmal, obviously, because now people are canceling orders for their airplanes, given what's going on with uh, coronavirus and everything like that. And plus they, they've had also had some other problems with the 737 that was highly publicized. They had a couple of crashes and had to go through all sorts of new tests with, uh, you know, the federal government. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, wild to see that because they have such a good track record, but uh, a lot of things um, happening with them right now. But that's interesting because it's my understanding they do a lot of government contracts, so it could be a good buy, you know, with, with it being this low. But, but who knows We're not giving any out. advice to anybody, right? We're having a discussion no, that's right. with a couple that's right. of guys. <laughs> what else you got, Billy Chris? What else you got? Um, yeah, it looks like Bitcoin is also on the rise, you know, uh, we kind of keeping an eye on that. I don't know a ton about the, the cryptos, but I've looked at that over, um, the past several years and find it interesting and especially with what's going on with the dollar. So, um, you know, something to keep, uh, keep an eye on because if we do go to some sort of electronic, you know, currency, some, some experts are saying it, it, it could turn out to be Bitcoin. Wow. Um, it's a little over a thousand bucks for a Bitcoin right now. A little over eleven thousand. Yeah, yeah. I and think then, so. Yeah, regions. Yeah, been, I mean, uh, that's that's a whole lot, isn't it? Crazy though to think that you know how many years ago you could have bought this for <laughs> not even a dollar right, and it's right. worth eleven thousand dollars. Makes you feel like it's a real crazy. idiot, doesn't it? Does it make you yeah, feel right. like a real moron? <laughs> like, uh, like why didn't I just do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Just take a couple bucks. And you know what's sad about bu- that too? Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of uh, feeling like an idiot, I was reading an article that some people made millions and somehow they lost their basically their password to their account, and there's no way to get into it. <laughs> oh, so no. yeah, yeah. So there's people out there who literally have millions of dollars in in Bitcoin, but they lost their access to the the system somehow. So uh, you that can't would hire some difficult. hacker to figure it out or something like that. It's almost <laughs> yeah. like when you gotta when you lock your keys in the car and you gotta break into your own car. <laughs> I, I used to always like get those Bitcoin calls. Coat I, hanger. I, yeah, that's right. I used to always get those calls in college. They'd be out in Oklahoma. Oh man, lock my keys in the car. Let's get the kid from Brooklyn. I'm sure he knows how to break into a car, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'd tell them how prejudiced they were while I broke into their car for them with right. my eyes closed <laughs> i'll remember to give you a call next time i do that yeah, you know what's funny That's bitcoin funny. bitcoin at one point was hey, we're talking about it being a lot at eleven thousand. One point it was almost twenty thousand dollars i believe isn't that yeah it was up there. yeah do you yeah, think I it's gonna ever get back around that could is it possible that it gets back around that that level i'm just starting to look back into it again and, and some people are saying yeah it may really start to take off and i think as gold mm-hmm. and silver takes off uh bitcoin may do the same thing mm-hmm. um but you know there's so many things going on right now so it's 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 difficult to to say and of course as you mentioned we're definitely not giving advice but no no, no. um you gotta be able yeah, to wild times. Though, right speaking of so many things yeah absolutely what else you got on tap for us philly chris well, you know, a few weeks back, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the UFO stuff. And uh, four days ago, I think it was, the Pentagon uh, released that they, quote unquote, have off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. So, um, well, I guess we'll see some more information coming out about that. But Why whatever that means, it, it like sounds that. Why good. would they phrase it like that? Why would they phrase Yeah, that's a, it's a good point. You say whatever that means because, like, that's they have exactly a manufacturer plan on the moon. Here, that is, what does that mean? <laughs> what what that are you mean? talking right. about? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I've been following that, you know, mainly out of interest and I'm kind of a, a science geek a little bit. So it's, it's quite intriguing. There's quite a few people that supposedly were in these government programs that have come out, uh, from classified programs saying that they do in fact have, uh, items that are alien technology. They're, they're claiming, uh, that are really, uh, advanced. So it's, if, if our government has that in possession and hopefully other governments don't, one of the things that I, I see as a possibility is is Trump may go through some disclosure and some of the technology that could be available from these devices, whatever they are, maybe would get integrated into our um, supply chain and, and become available to us, which is, is maybe one of the ways we could get out of this economic slump. But, you know, who knows? So I guess we'll have to wow. keep an eye on that and see what, what happens. Yeah, so pretty wild, though, to think about. Also, yesterday... Uh, Trump tweeted something about possibly delaying the election. So, oh, uh, quite a bit of uh, talk in the in the media about that. I'm not sure if he. Yeah, yeah. What, what does everybody think of that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the premise behind it is he has the concerns about the the mail in uh, voting, which sounds to be legitimate. I looked into that a little bit, and there have been several occurrences and cases of uh, voter fraud. I believe actually here in. Philly, there was a judge uh, a little while back um, who got in trouble for for some of that. And there's been other cases across the country. So uh, I don't know if but he can with do that. Pushing it back, they give this guy a hard time for being a dictator when he's not a dictator. Right. So so something like pushing it right. back, it seems like they would absolutely lose their minds. Interesting. Maybe is there any so. way to just overcome the whole mail in thing in the first place? I know that I think the the, the Senate. Uh, Republicans proposed some kind of a bill to allow renewal of license to licenses to carry firearms, right? Concealed carry licenses by way of mail for those who are in the, the military, those in the service. So it would be interesting, oh, interesting. to see okay. if any of the, the Democrats or the anti-gunners come out and say, oh, no, we can't do that because that's a totally unreliable process, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's right, funny you should right. mention <laughs> that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, happens. It's, it's only unreliable if it has to do with guns. It is totally reliable right. if it has to do with voting against the president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then it's fine. Totally then, fine. <laughs> then it's fine. Well, that that'll be interesting. I don't know how I feel about pushing. I don't know how I feel about pushing the election back. I will tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. I had a dream that <laughs> Trump lost the election, and it wasn't a dream. It was a nightmare. Okay, it's a nightmare. <laughs> if you want that nightmare to come to reality, then just stay asleep, folks. Okay. Stay asleep right. and your nightmare will become a reality. <laughs> Don't go out there and vote and this is what's going to happen. I think that far too many people uh, want to sit there and think, oh, we've got nothing to worry about. This is overblown by the media. We're not going to believe the polls X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but if you stay at home and you sit on your hands, you know what's going to happen, right? And this is what's, what's happened right. all over the country in these elections, places like Virginia. Isn't eh, You know, we could never turn into an anti-gun state. Well, guess what? You stayed at home. You didn't vote. And look what you are now. Very important time to do it. Also, next week, Mike, I think we should play that video of the doctors that were promoting the uh, hydroxychloroquine that's been getting deleted off of uh, social media. So we'll, yes, we'll talk do about that. that next week, folks. Perfect. And... Um, Finally, uh, the Austin City Council officially calls for blowing up the police station as a symbol of ending police hate. 
That sounds like a promotes symbol of ending hate. hate. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing like a symbol of ending hate that blowing right, right, stuff yeah. up, right? Uh, yeah. Bombs. There's a universal yeah, symbol for peace, right? <laughs> well, that's all the time we got for when today, folks. Stick around for We the People, The Constitution Matters, Pastor David Whitney, Professor Phil Duffy. I'll be joining as your legal analyst. Stay safe. God bless. We love you, Ellie.